Hi, this is Kalyan Karmakar and welcome to Foodocracy for Her. Foodocracy for Her is my podcast where I speak to uh, women in the uh, food business and who are doing amazing and fascinating work. Uh, my guest today, Sharmishta Mukherjee, is um, slightly different in that sense, uh, in, in the sense that she's not directly in the food business, or at least yet, or not that I know of. And, uh, and, and, uh, but, but she does uh, work with brands in the food space and, and uh, she's, she's a consumer of uh, people who are in the food space, including uh, like a big fan of uh, Home Chef. She was a judge in our uh, Home Chefies Award and especially the social media section. And she has a point of view on, on uh, what Home Chefs can uh, do to make a better brand. But she's also written a book and, and uh, probably the first half of our interview, which will be probably an hour long, will focus on, on that. So um, welcome on board, Sharmishta. You're bright and sunny, huh? <laughs> Thank you, Kalyan. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. It takes a, a courageous man to uh, <laughs> invite a woman to talk about breast cancer in our country. So I'm really, really pleased. Uh, and uh, I don't know how many people know this, but you and I go back like a long, long <laughs> way back. So, yeah, she was. So it's really comfortable and it's really nice, and I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you. This was the, 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 that was going to be my big reveal, but you've already done it. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to show Ulta to you people, but I think it's going to, uh, so this it's, is Sharmishta's, it's looking fine. It's looking fine. Sharmishta's book. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about cancer. You picked the wrong girl first, but let me just tell you that, yes, we do go a, a long way back and Sharmishta was actually a stalker. So, uh, so we have our own <laughs> Cape Fear thing. So, um, no, but but in a, in a good way. So, um, can can stalkers be in a good way? But anyway, so uh, this is um, you know, um, I started writing my blog in two thousand seven. So maybe like around two thousand eight nine, um, you know, I, I was writing my blog finally chopped, and then there was this blogger uh, who would often be commenting uh, there. And uh, the blogger's name was Agent Green Glass, Green Glass, Agent Green Glass, and uh, which, which is Sharmishta's uh, handle still on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. Now back then, uh, you know, blogs, and I'm not talking of Instagram, but these were like websites on things like WordPress and Blogger. You know, it's it's a bit like I know for people listening in today, it's like as if I'm talking about gramophone records and all of that. But uh, but but blogs were there, and people actually used to comment on blogs. I'm like today where it's uh, more on social media. So she would often comment. And, and also at that time, a lot of bloggers were anonymous because a lot of us had other lives and, uh, and, and what we would blog about was perhaps not about that life or maybe it would make fun of that life. So we didn't want people to know about it. So uh, my, I had a pseudonym as well, pseudonym, um, The Knife. But, but my name was there, Kalyan Karmakar and I would put up pictures and all that. Uh, Shomishta wouldn't. So, so then she would say uh, that, you know, by the way, I know your wife, we work uh, together and uh, I saw you guys the other day and, um, you know, I, I also tried this dish and things like that. So I'm like, who's this, who's this, who's this? And, uh, <laughs> and then finally there was this uh, fateful uh, Christmas uh, when we just moved into um, uh, an apartment which we'd rented and it was slightly bigger and we could call people over. So Shormishta, then there was another uh, blogger uh, whose name is Jia and whose uh, uh, pseudonym then was The Cloud Cutter. 
So we all decided to do this big reveal and then uh, do a Christmas party at our house. So uh, so that's when I met Sharmishta, Jia, and everyone. And and I realized that uh, Sharmishta and and Kainas were colleagues at one point at uh, Leo Burnett. And then um, Sharmishta did a very interesting thing. She then moved from Leo Burnett to uh, set up her uh, own agency, which was called uh, Rickshaw. So at that time, uh, from what I understand, the idea was to set up her own mainstream advertising agency, as one calls, which mainstream is like um, you know television, radio, uh, newspaper, and all that sort of stuff. And then she started working with a digital agency called Flying Cursor. And at some point, uh, Sharmishan, at any point uh, you feel, Sharmishan, I'm, I'm sort of uh, getting a story wrong, please button. Uh, and, and at some point, she No, 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 go on. Then I'm going to give you my side. Yes, yes, yes. So at some point, she, she felt that the digital world is where she would like to be. So, I, I mean, she probably sold her stake over there and then, you know, became a partner at uh, uh, Flying Cursor. And, and she was probably one of the first from you know, mainstream advertising to move to uh, digital, uh, you know, in, which was um, almost six, seven years back, if not more. And, and that was a big transition. And that was also the time when I uh, made the transition from being a full-time market researcher to becoming a freelancer in the food world. And, and uh, some of my first uh, brand projects were uh, with her and uh, her agency. And uh, yeah, so, so, and I remember the first time we met, the, uh, the menu was uh, definitely, it was, it had uh, Sopratel and, and Sanas and uh, a lot of old monk and uh, Cloud Cutter had uh, baked a very, very boozy uh, cake. So, and, and, and uh, Kainas had made these toothpicks with cheese and grapes. With that, uh, over to you, uh, Sharmishta, perhaps you want to say something about your work journey before we get into the book. So uh, actually, uh, Kalyan, you've got everything right. Like, you know, so from Leo Burnett, I went to Saatchi, all that. So I'm going to cover all that. But what I'm first going to talk about is my side of the story of how I knew Kalyan. Okay, so I still have Kalyan's name saved as the knife. So I never look for him in my phone book as Kalyan. It's always the knife. Okay, and I'm superstitious about changing names. Like once I'm friends with someone, I will not change their names. So I have all these strange names, which, you know, now they're my friends, <laughs> but the names still exist like that. So he's perpetually the knife on my uh, phone and he's going to remain the knife. But uh, so I remember Kalyan's blog um, and I used to go on to his blog and I used to read and everything else. And I knew he lived in Banda and stuff like that. What I did not know was that he was married to Kenas. And one day I see this man has put up Kenaz's picture. <laughs> and I'm like, what? This is Kenaz. I have worked with Kenaz. This strange man, why is he putting up a picture? <laughs> you know? Pun punching above his league. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. I'm like, oh my God. I thought he's a nice guy, some stalker. <laughs> so I think I messaged, did I message you or I messaged Kenaz? But I messaged must be Kenaz, must be Kenaz. I messaged Kenaz saying, Kenaz, you know what? <laughs> uh, there's this guy and I, you know, I go and read his blog and he's put a picture of yours and Kenaz writes back saying, yeah, I'm married to that guy. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that solution? But yeah, so that is really how uh, I first got to know uh, but yeah, it, it's been so interesting because I think in a way, and it's not like we talk every day, but no. you know, we've, we've kind of seen each other through so many transitions in life, you know, 
and what i really like is for me friendship is not not about you know calling someone every day but just knowing that this person you know is there and it's just part of my life and there've been times when we meet a lot and then there are times when there's a large gap and we don't meet and then we keep talking so i really like that i think uh, yes. just having that connection is really awesome and uh, when i was sick i think it was such a big part of my life you know write to me all the time etc so yeah so that that's my that's my connection with kalyan which i wanted to talk about <laughs> so um, we both, but both yeah thought on, that we were stalkers so we both thought that we were yeah. <laughs> that's why you're saying he was a stalker i'm like no you were the stalker kalyan <laughs> and, and 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 there were so, so many similarities between um, you know the way we thought you know because when you wrote in your blog and like i i remember there was this uh, one blog post you'd written and i don't know by then whether we knew each other or not but but uh, you know uh, you'd written about the fact that um, i probably i don't know if you've changed since then but uh, hugging is something which you are not that comfortable uh, with and and uh, and and you know you coming from a sort of uh, bengali uh, background and and is the same with me like kanas uh, is parsi so they can compete with the punjabis when it comes to you know puppies and hugs and jappies and all that but she jokes about the fact that when my mom and i meet after a long time we we shake hands <laughs> while uh, you know whenever <laughs> her mom, her mom comes over which is pretty often because we live in the same city we <laughs> so no but, no uh, I, i love hugging i love hugging the only thing i then i think I, i remember what that was about the only thing i don't like is so when you hug women to women there's like this squishy yeah, yeah. boobs which i don't yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm like yeah. can we not hug yeah. like as a side yeah. hug yeah yeah and and you know <laughs> and and i'm a boy uh, who's who's sort of grown up in calcutta in the 80s and 90s where where there was a difference in uh, you know locker room talk and girl stuff <laughs> and and uh, sometimes i would go a bit red <laughs> reading her blog and and which i uh, did uh, you know when i started reading her uh, book i must say and uh, you know but uh, then um, I, i was sort of engrossed and um, and i think i finished it in uh, two nights and actually i and i then gave it to uh, kainas to uh, read and and uh, shomista like every bengali did you uh, grow up dreaming that you'll be an author or write a book someday no i no. never i i'm a strange person i had no dreams ever i was everything in my life has just happened <laughs> but know? but every bengali dreams to be a novelist i'm you half know? bengali half bengali uh, So ah, maybe so it's, all, uh, it's all the all the chole bature which yeah. will be clouded your mind. But you know, like <laughs> I, I I I dreamt of being a you know writer, and even like when I came to Bombay, I thought I'll write the great Indian novel, you know. But finally, I wrote a food travelogue. And um, cancer, you picked the wrong girl. Is this a subject which you ever thought your your uh, book or first book would be about? I mean, forget life. Huh? Never, never. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know whether one should congratulate you on the on, on the book, because how can one congratulate someone who had um, cancer and battled through it? And you know, when I when I read this, uh, when I see the book, rather the cover, the name of the book, uh, "Cancer You Picked the Wrong Girl," and and the design. Um, I mean, it's not like exactly the same. but it reminds me a bit of the uh, arma bombek books uh, which i used to read 20 years back uh, if if you read them also yes. so arma bombek was this uh, fabulous uh, 
woman writer who would uh, write with a very acidic acidic pain if about life uh, is a bowl of cherries then why am i why, in why by the pit or oh, wait till you have children of your own or the grass the is always greener over the septic tank <laughs> and but the thing is that um, it was fiction what she would write or or i mean we i mean there would probably be some of her life experiences which we project but uh, you are writing about your own life so uh, some people uh, have uh, wondered and, and i've heard uh, whispers of it from your husband on his family about some people saying that have you uh, trivialized uh, cancer so is this like a fun book on cancer i mean is that possible because it's not a uh, so yeah and from now on it's over to you <laughs> no so uh, so you know you said something and i is it was so good because i don't think i've ever thought about it in the minute you said it it started you know i'm it's in my head now uh, but i never thought that this obviously i never thought this would be my first book but i always i see i've always been a writer i run a blog i have a bunch of short stories published at juggernaut but i never thought i had in me to you know have the not the patience but the time to write a book you know because uh, like i write in the book i was a workaholic so i was like you know what this book is going to happen of course i want to write a book i'd love to write a book i write all the time anyway but this book will happen you know two years from now then it will be five years from now six years from now so not so much the patience but it just takes time to write a book and you need to be in that zone to write that book mm. and i never had that you know time zone place to myself to write so that's why you know i was just like ha huh, it's okay right now though i'm working like a maniac and that's good enough you know so that was one part of why you know i never thought that i would write a book but uh, and did you have any uh, sight interject but uh, i mean before this entire uh, you know cancer happened and i'm going to say cancer sort of incident uh, is that yeah, was any <laughs> was it was any subject to which you had in mind which you wanted like for example there was this time when i taken a break and you know people said why don't you write a book before the travel log and before the contract but there was nothing i had in mind which i wanted to write so was there something which you wanted yeah. to write about whether it's advertising or you know i don't no, know no no but i i i i wanted to i've always wanted to write a who done it and i was thinking <laughs> yeah, yeah what that who done it is going to be and i mean stalkers <laughs> Yeah, talkers. I always knew like that is what I want to write, hmm. but that's the strange thing, you know. You think that you know that's what you're going to write because that's what you love, and you know that's the kind of thing that you're good at, and then you end up writing something totally different. Uh, but um, the thing is that you know, I, I, I'm glad you asked that question because um, it was weighing on my head. You know, when I wrote the book, I just told my uh, editor, I said that I'm going to write everything I felt. good bad ugly funny not funny you know just i'm going to be as honest as possible this book is you know i owe it to everybody who's going to read this book to be like that so um and they were great you know i was like you will not be able to change anything you know you cannot tell me oh this is too drastic or this is too and they were great with that yeah. but the thing is kalyana i think i i spend a lot of time living in my own head you know mm-hmm. so i'll be chatting with you and i'll be meeting you and i'll be doing all that but i'll also be there'll be things that i'll be noting and it'll just stay in my head i don't know why it's like you know my head is like a huge uh, i feel like it's got all these files you know and it just stays in there and these are things i find funny or i'm like oh ha ha and i never say i you if you you know it's like a lot of my friends just think i'm 
I'm very flaky because I, I don't say those things. It's just, I don't know why it just resides in my head, you know. So, so, the, me, so were, you, were you pretending to be someone you were not? No. No. So it's like, you know, uh, how do I explain this? Like if I, if I go, like when I got diagnosed, I remember, you know, the doctor talking to me and I'm crying, but also there's a part of my head. There's a part of me, which is like, oh, you're crying right now, but you know, this can also change your life, for example. Or, you know, when the doctor is telling me that I need to go into chemo, but he's drawing this whole thing and saying, oh, guess what? This is what you have. You have breast cancer so he's drawing these breasts and I'm most interested in how does he draw breasts you know you, you've written about that yeah yes. so I am I think I I'm I live half in the present you know where I am answering people and understanding what they're saying and half of me is sort of distanced from everything and I'm just watching stuff so I never realized that I always knew I was like that, but I never realized that till I sat down to write the book. And now I totally accept that that's how I am. And it's fine, you know, and you've read my blog. So even my blog, you'll realize was always like that. It was just things that happened. And then, you know, but there was stuff. a lot of honesty in it. I mean, yeah. and at some point that anonymous uh, part went I mean, to start with, when you came on finally chopped, yeah. <laughs> by then you were already sort of uh, yeah. done the so, reveal. Yeah, so I never set out to be funny. In fact, a lot of people ask me, did you use humor? I never set out to be anything. That's the hmm. best part. And that's but you know, I the, the name and the, you know, the, uh, like, you know, there could be a completely different angle to a book about uh, cancer, which is about the resilience, the spirit, the courage, um, you know, and, and, and as an advertising person, you know how everything, including the design, can reflect that. This design is not that. Right? No. So, so um, um, was know, that a worry that no, uh, because no. because cancer is not fun, right? I mean, no, especially for people who've gone through. But it could like not. people have a problem with people making memes about uh, the coronavirus, and understandably, you know. Oh, but there's a lovely it. page on cancer memes. Oh my God, it's just brilliant. Um, mm. You know, uh, and they call everybody who doesn't have cancer but gives advice muggles. Uh, <laughs> so it's a brilliant page, but uh, but. See, the thing is, I, I didn't want this to be about inspiration because who am I to inspire anyone? You mm. know, honestly, there are people who go through this and they're lucky, they get out of it. There are people who go through it and they don't make it, you mm. know. So who am I to tell you, ki, oh, go ahead and get inspired and this is how you must do it? No, everybody has their own way of coping and everybody's way is valid. Hmm. you know so I am nobody to say hey this is the way to deal with it no so hmm. I was very clear about that that this is just my experience it is not a book for anyone to be like oh this is how you know we must deal with it no this is my experience if somebody needs it because you know god forbid they've got diagnosed or they're a caregiver or a friend you can read it to know what went through my head and if there are things that help you in that, great. But I'm not here to give you um, inspiration or advice because everybody's journey, like I said, is totally valid. And, and I must make two points here. One is that uh, it also takes a lot of courage to write a book like this because um, uh, in, in your uh, book, you've, you've also made no, uh, you've, you've not sort of hidden the fact or whatever 
that that uh, you went to the Tata Memorial, which is of course uh, considered to be the best uh, in in cancer therapy. But then seeing the fact that, uh, I mean, you guys uh, fortunately had the wherewithal for taking um, um, sort of private hospital uh, things. So you, you took the call to uh, go to the Ambani um, hospital in uh, Andheri. And the, and the fact is that, oh, someone could have said, oh, I mean, you know, I mean, they can afford all of that and, and stuff. And you know how people get uh, judgmental. But what I saw was that in your book, um, it was almost like you were um, out with a sense of mission or purpose that this is what I want to say. And, and if there's this, and, and you know, you said about um, the caregivers and a lot of that. So uh, the fact is that, um, I mean, you know, I mean, cancer per se, unlike say autism, which I spoke about uh, to Dr. Tatiana Das a couple of episodes back, is something which from our childhood we've uh, known, you know, we've either had people uh, who've had cancer or we used to raise funds for cancer and the, you know, the rose uh, thing in school and all of that. But, you know, I mean, one didn't really know much about it though. I mean, uh, a very, very close family friend and elder sort of passed away due to cancer a few years back, but still exactly like what is cancer? Uh, what is chemotherapy? All of that. So I think that uh, the fact that you make the book very readable um, made one understand it versus like, uh, you know, if it was um, a doctor speak. So I think that uh, worked. But, um, you know, as a writer, there's always this question that um, how much of oneself to reveal? And, and this, I think, is in, of interest even to, say, people who are not writers, but say, who are home chefs or influencers or building personal brands or cloud kitchens or chefs or whatever, because um, a lot of it today really comes into how you're building uh, your or your own brand, and and uh, you know uh, the learning is that to build your own brand, you you need to have your own voice and show what is unique about you, what drives you, and stuff like that. But there's always that worry that you know how much of myself should I put out, my family, and all of that. So when you wrote this uh, book, I mean, I'm sure there must have been questions uh, in your mind about the fact that. Uh, my friends are going to read it. Uh, my guy friends are going to read it. Uh, my my uh, people who are so much a part of my life, my my husband, uh, my parents, my uh, friends like uh, you know Ziba and Oendila and and your your close knit uh, you know village who this thing. And I'm sure in those during that period there were times when you must have thought that you know they've sort of lost it. So um, <laughs> uh, as a writer, how was that uh, thing and and. What, what drove you to be so uh, candid? Including, I mean, talking about the number of times you had to go to the loo after one uh, chemotherapy uh, event. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there was no other way to do it. I, I really think that if you're writing, and it, you know, it says a true story on the book. So if you're writing mm. a true story, I mean, then the only thing you have is the truth, right? Mm. Then, mm. I mean... Uh, but yes, you're right in saying how much of yourself do you give and how much do you keep back, you know, but I, so when I felt sick, I kept looking for stuff to read. And like you said, I found a lot of motivational stuff, you know, mm. lots of it. But I was like, no, but I want to know like what really goes through people's head, you know, and I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything written by an Indian woman treated mm. in India, mm. uh, you know, who had breast cancer, nothing. So, mm. I was like, okay, if 
I don't know if I'm the first, but at least I haven't found anything. So I, in my head, I'm the first to write about this. Then I have a responsibility in terms of at least being honest about it, mm. you know, mm. and not, not uh, keeping back stuff mm. you know, as far as possible. So I, mm. I, I put everything, I mean, it, it, you know, there were times when I would like, you know, I, one day I think I called my editor and I'm like, dude, you know, random men are going to read this book. <laughs> okay. And then you know, ed editor was a woman. Editor yes, was a woman. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, because dude and all that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, <laughs> random, random men are going to read this book. And they're going or, to or men who know you. I mean, if men who know I mean, me. Clients. Three pages, three pages in, I'm reading about your... Um, inverted nipples exactly and like, you, know? you know i mean next time how do i keep a straight face <laughs> yeah, you know? I, mean, I, mean, I mean i mean no you're right i'm you're also right. being on i'm also being honest yeah it is great i love yeah. it i think yeah. that's the only way we'll be able to have this conversation you know it's but not but then i overcame it and and then i was like you know fully into the you know what was happening yeah so that's what i thought. and my clients my clients are going to read yeah, yeah. i'm going to go for a meeting i'm sitting opposite a guy who knows that i don't have a nipple or i had an inverted nipple at one point and i'm like do i really want them to know so much mm -hmm. about my life but then i was like and and, and you are the, like you and uh the singer paraga you're the like the owners of the company right. so 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 how you're seen uh in a way affects the company and and you have a responsibility to like i mean uh, everyone who's sort of trusted their careers with you so it's it's like correct. a correct uh, yeah. but then i thought about it and i was like okay guess what i went through something life altering and mm. they had to remove my nipple and this has probably happened to a lot of women mm. and if i don't say it <coughs> and i don't talk about it this thing just keeps staying in you know covered up you know it's, mm. it mm. just gets brushed under the carpet we don't understand what happens or oh, really can they remove the nipple can they reconstruct a breast because nobody's talking about it but all this happens right mm. so then i was like you know what i will just feed that silence by not um, talking about things that are like slightly icky or or whatever and i was like no i don't want to feed the silence i actually want to just put it out there and i was like you know what i'm just trusting the universe i'll put it out there and then those who need it will read it and be helped by it and those who don't need it will be like what is this you know but but what about the people who really matter to you like uh, anirban your husband your parents your your really close friends because you you you've taken their names and they're also known at sometimes you you've spoken about uh maybe perhaps your irritation with them or bafflement with certain points that you know so uh, uh did you sort of take them into confidence uh, first or i asked all of them that i'm writing the book and can i use your name or would you mm. like me to change your name mm. and i also told them that listen it's a very honest book so you know i'll be writing exactly what i feel mm. and all credit to them not one of them said hey i want to know what you're writing or change my name nothing in fact my husband uh he only read the book after it had been typeset and there was you know like a first pdf and he, and he himself is an advertising uh, uh, professional exactly. and a consultant exactly. and he has his own clients yes. and so and he, he has his bengali relatives exactly. to deal with you know so he didn't ask for the book my parents didn't nobody nobody said and you know my friends my family all of them and 
and uh, even the doctors you know i was mm. really surprised and i was very sure that you know i don't want to get into legal trouble yes, yes, i've yes, named yes. everybody and yes, you know yes. everything else so i asked the doctors that you know and I'm, and i was telling my editor oh my god will we have to send manuscripts these are busy doctors i yeah, don't know yeah. how long they'll take to read it but all of them just told me you have permission to use our names because you are writing about something that is kept that is so taboo in our country and there's so much silence around it please go ahead and use our names you don't need to send us anything i'm i'm till day i find that so amazing like even you know? the specifics because i could have been writing anything even the specifics of the fact that when you're doing uh, chemotherapy there was only uh, i think maybe one toilet for the entire ward and and your advice was go early in the morning yeah. so that uh, you're you're close to that because you left <laughs> yeah. so many times and and that was in yeah. a, in, in a, you know in the um, um, ambani hospital which is like this thing so imagine what might be happening at uh, tata memorial and all of that correct um, correct hmm yeah the But other thing is also great things about so i no, no, i no, thought they were they were 98 great things and yeah. two yeah so yeah. it's okay i thought like you know what why should i hmm. keep the bad stuff away let no, me and, and this is not bad this is this is how it is this is the because, truth about our hospitals this is the truth about our healthcare system and you know we should know that i don't think it and and i think it was a very practical tip because even if suddenly a hospital got very embarrassed by what you said it is not possible to build 10 bathrooms Correct. i mean we tried but to build they... the powder room when we took our apartment <laughs> but because of uh, you know permissions and all that we Correct. couldn't Correct. so then if, but, if this but... is what life deals you then how do you plan for it right but also i think it's a good thing for them to understand because i've written yeah, about yeah, because... empathy i've written about the fact that you know uh, um like you know there is women staff for example you know when you're having a ct scan or an mri or a pet scan would be really good because you know you're mm. bearing your breast to a whole yeah. bunch of people who are sitting behind this and largely uh, male yeah That's yeah and largely men you know so mm. i was okay i was fine i was like you know i was like i just need to get this over with but imagine that if you're from a conservative background or you're coming from some you know smaller place bigger place whatever but is it's a huge uh, trauma to a lot of women you know so i think so i wanted to you know mm. mention that as well shomesh i want to ask you one more question uh, which is um, you know both uh, related to your professional life and the and the book that um, you know in the in the sort of beginning of the book before you went into your uh, sort of uh, journey with cancer you also spoke about uh, you know the the psychological aspect of uh, being a entrepreneur and 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 an entrepreneur you can't really let your feet off the brakes right because uh, if you're your salary you can still sort of at the end of it say go it's your problem and you know storm off which which sort of is to do <laughs> but, but but you 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 spoke a lot about uh, the mental aspect of it and, and getting into depression and uh, then you know your your experience with medication the flower doctors and the counseling and all of that so my point is that um, you know there are various things in our society and then you know we are english speaking mumbai advertising probably the the, the a uh, high end of the progressive spectrum in india at least uh, but but uh, you know there there's a certain silence when it comes to the human aspect of our lives yeah, when it comes to work life so so there are certain things which are which are uh, taboo like for example uh, depression 
anxiety, um, cancer, um, you know, things like that. There are certain things which are okay. Like you can talk about having a baby, you can talk about having fever, COVID, breaking your leg. So um, this uh, balance or this segregation which has happened uh, between work life and own life and, you know, people talk about balance and all those stupid things. But what is your take? I mean, you know, you've, you've been an employee, then you've been a uh, leader in organizations and then you've had your own organizations and you've dealt in with clients in different forms as, as the owner of the organization and as a rep and, and this personal thing. So do you think it's time for us to grow up? It's, it's 2022. Uh, so what's, what's your take on that? So definitely, I mean, you know, I think it's been too long for, and you know, for, for such a long time, we've, we've sort of grown up and I think our generation, I see the younger generation, I feel there's a lot of hope. Because mm. I feel like they're not worried about speaking about mental yeah, illness yeah. and, you know, they're far more articulate, uh, far more vocal. And Sometimes a bit too much. Sometimes, like, sometimes I wonder what we're wanting <laughs> yeah. for us to know. I feel like that, but I'm like, it's okay. Boomer, I'd rather you be... Boomer exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like... But I feel like it's okay, you know. I, the more I see them, the more I feel like even if it's too much it's still okay because you know what uh, you still have yourself at the center of everything mm. you know they're they're good at protecting themselves you know in a way mm. and i think mm. uh, our generation and even a generation after us doesn't have those skills you know we were mm. always taught that suck it up and move on exactly you know? i used to be so Just... nervous you know even as a senior vp to go and uh, take leave you know, while Correct. when people join and say that we are for a month. Correct. Two you months. know, so it was a very big thing having a. You know, and I think it just got, it just, uh, it was just, it was just conditioning that got passed down mm. from generations. Ki, you know, mm. you have a job, you should be grateful for the fact that you have a job. Karma yogi. <laughs> you know, yeah, karma yogi. You have a boss. Boss is always right. You know, don't argue. Even in school, <laughs> we were taught don't ask questions. Mm. Whatever teacher tells you. The mm. questions of ask, asking was a crime, right? <laughs> yes, so I yes. think I think that has gone on for too long for our generation. And, you know, we kind of set the tone. And I'm so happy that, you know, the Gen Z is not kind of, you know, I hope they don't go that way. Uh, mm. So, and so I feel like for us, and like I said, a generation after us or two generations after us, it's very hard because, you know, we've grappled with everything being different, so much change happening, everything. And yet we've not, we don't have this, we don't have the ability to talk. Or you empathize. Know, our lives are, or empathize. Our lives or, are or much, ask for help. You know, or ask, ask, for, help. ask for help. Act, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so our lives are far more stressful. I'll give an example. Advertising, you know. Mm. So when I joined advertising, which is like in 93, Okay, and for a very, very long time, it took time to do everything. Why no internet? So mm. if a client had some a brief, it came to you, you thought you had seven days to think, then somebody created it, then it went back to the client. If there were changes, that took time because everything had to be done manually. Then came the and, internet. And, and, and you started in Calcutta, right? Correct. Yeah. In Calcutta, of course, even in market research, you know, everything has to be done by the book. I came to Bombay, it was very different. So maybe in Bombay, it wasn't entirely like that. Yeah, but still, you know, there was a certain time that came through. Yeah, 
Yeah, because of like the, the, the kosha mangsho has to be kosha out and not Correct. the pressure cooker. Correct. Not the pressure cooker. Correct. But now, you know, you have with the internet, with technology, with the tools we have, everything can be done so fast. So the pressure of everything needing to be turned around now, hmm. you know, this, I hate that term ASAP. Whenever anyone texts me, I'm like, oh my God. Who oh, is ASAP? I used to think ASAP. Okay. ASAP, ASAP, whatever. I was like, what nonsense is this term? As soon as possible, in case you're yeah. wondering. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that is the problem. I think we've seen so much change uh, and it's hard to cope with that change and it's hard to sort of deliver to that all the time. Like in my case, I, I worked like a maniac. I used to work, you know, like literally get up in the morning and be at work by nine o'clock and leave office at like 10 30 11 at night come back home you know eat something whatever was in the fridge go to sleep get up in the middle of the night check your mails again etc now and i also think somewhere along the line we've kind of glorified this whole startup entrepreneur thing mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. it's great having a startup having an entrepreneur uh, you know being an entrepreneur is great but the glorification has not spoken about the pitfalls you know how many founders have stood up and said how many of them have got divorced or how many of them have had heart attacks or ulcers or how much time they've lost out with their children we never hear those stories mm. and those are also very important stories and aspects to listen to so that we understand where we need to draw our own personal lines you or know? take a call so, or take like a call in, or, or, or you take a yeah, call knowingly take, take a call that i'm giving this aside correct. i'm leaving this aside correct Correct. You know, maybe what you do is you say, okay, I don't want to make my uh, business grow 10x this year. I'll make it grow 3x, you know, but that 3x will give me more time to do these things. So I think that is the thing that we don't, we, I think the crux of the whole thing is we don't talk. You know, we just glorify certain things and the rest of the stuff, we just keep it aside. You know, and, there's like no nuance, and there's no nuance to the discussion. Correct. Correct. You know, like panic attacks. Mm. Uh, when I started getting panic attacks, I thought I was going crazy. Mm. I thought I was going mad. I thought they commit me to an institution. I thought I was getting heart attacks. Yeah. And I it, didn't know there were panic attacks. It was terrible, you know. And then when I started to realize, oh my God, these are panic attacks. I started talking about it. I started saying that, you know, I used to get panic attacks. I wrote about it in my blog. And then uh, a lot of newspapers, I think sometimes if you, you know, even today, if you do a Google search at some, some point, you'll find, you know, me talking about how I used to get panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one journalist called me and she was doing a, a, a story on flower remedies. And she said, I'm not finding people who are willing to go on record saying that they get panic attacks or they used to and I was like mm. no I will go on record so and the minute I spoke about it I had so many people talk to me write into mm -hmm. me you know we were able to chat I felt better they felt better mm. and I feel it's the same thing with cancer you know uh, this morning somebody wrote to me on Facebook saying that uh, she read a review of my book and then bought the book and read it and she said her mother her grandmother and her mother's sister all had breast cancer and the genes skipped her but caught up in her sister so she's been through the same thing and what i found the most poignant was in the end she said that you know i've been able to speak about this to a 
to very very few people and this is the first mm. time i'm actually putting it out there in public and to me when people say that i feel like what a relief it must be to find that there are more like us yes you yes. know yes. and to be able to share that to get it off your chest you know and so, and that there's nothing yeah, wrong so with that, being and there's nothing wrong with being us like for example one of my first thoughts when i heard about uh, your thing was that oh god like sharmishta is you know such a fitness focused person she runs she walks when i meet her she takes me to yoga house and has quinoa burgers and and stuff so how could she i mean you know that's a typical mindset even whether it's covid or heart attack we always feel that you know or or we associate some sort of ah you know that person was not careful or this thing about it but it's not that way right so i mean uh, i'm i'm sure you've been asked this many many times uh, in in many of your interviews but what is your uh, take or advice on this entire the subject of um, cancer and especially you know breast cancer and and checking up um, you know your advice to women uh, perhaps and then separately to us men you know who are either spouses or you know brothers or fathers or you know friends or colleagues how can we uh, support uh, you guys and 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 you know so uh, and any message you'd like to give out to the women uh, as well like is this age related is this like lifestyle related gene related and what should one do no so i get so i get asked this a lot like somebody had asked me last time uh, i forgot where somebody asked me like you know what can we do to make sure we don't get cancer and i was like if i could answer that i would win the nobel prize <laughs> you know really seriously so i mm. there is no there is no formula to it right so uh, sometimes it could be hereditary sometimes it's not hereditary it could be lifestyle not lifestyle you could be and and, and, the, and this is all cancers right i mean it's all cancers huh. right there's yeah. no like you know there's no if they could they would then be predicting it and more and more people would be you know safe yeah. from yeah. cancer yeah but in the case of breast cancer then the only way out is for us to have early detection so you know a friend of mine called me yesterday and he said he gifted my book to two of his friends and one of them read the book and then went and did a sonomammography and early is how early how early zero stage zero no no i mean how how old should a person be when they start doing these tests like at what stage you know age wise So, so I'll come to that. So, okay. uh, so uh, this friend of mine calls me and he says that his friend read my book, went for a sonomammography, and got detected at stage zero. Okay. Right. So, great part is that they removed the lump, no chemo, no radiation, no nothing. Hmm. She's going to be clear, which is wonderful, right? So hmm. now, what I mean by early detection is, first of all, we need to start talking to. uh girls in school girls in colleges okay not just that whole concept of over the age of 40 60 all that doesn't apply anymore that's what i was aiming right? at that's what i wanted to absolutely do. does not mm-hmm. apply anymore the age limit for i mean the the number of young women getting breast cancer now in india those numbers are increasing right which means that we need to educate younger women as well hmm older women to anyway we need to definitely educate but that also hasn't happened so now we have to start right from school so from the time you are 
I guess 16, 17, you should at least know, we should have this conversation. When we talk to girls about periods, for example, when they're mm. 16, 17, 18, we should start talking to them about very simple thing, not scaring women and saying breast cancer at 16 mm. and 17, mm. but what we should train people to do is to know their breasts. It's mm. called breast awareness. Mm. It's looking at your breasts every day when you're having a bath knowing what they're like knowing what they weigh knowing that the oh the nipple comes out oh if it goes in it's strange or if there's some sort of puckering or the shape has changed mm. or you know there's a rash or something mm. you know the difference because you're looking at your breasts every day so i think we need to just educate women that every day when you have a bath mm. know your breasts right look at mm. them look at what they look like feel like you know, all that, what they weigh, all that. So that when there's the slightest difference, you'll know that, okay, there's a difference. I need to go and get this checked. And, and, and who checks it? Is it, a, is it a GP or is it like a specialist doctor? Whom should one uh, go to? Mostly a gynecologist. Okay. Or to get it checked. And so most, not, not the family doctor necessarily. Not necessarily. And most lumps are benign, by the way. So mm. they're not even cancerous. They're absolutely benign. Mm. But the thing is that I have had benign lumps since I was 19. Okay. So when I had the lump, I thought it's benign. I didn't bother. For a year, I didn't bother. And then it turned out that that, that damn lump was cancerous. You know, mm. so, so my thing to all women will be know your breasts. Breast awareness is very, very important. So know your mm. breasts, number one. Number two, uh, you know, we all have this tendency of, you know, just brush it under the carpet. If we deny it, it will go away, you know, but don't do that. It's your I said body. that especially women see... tend to do that. Uh, somewhere, uh, you, you know, women yeah. feel that men take everything about themselves very seriously, but women tend to sort of, uh, you know. I feel that women, yeah, we don't. And also breasts. So you feel like, oh, how will I tell anyone, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, a couple of days back, somebody called me and said that their mother had this lump for six months and never told anyone, mm -hmm. you know. So the stage keeps progressing if you don't tell. So you need to tell. And the mm -hmm. third thing is it's your body. Mm -hmm. You know, if you feel something is wrong, Go, go to a doctor, go to a gynae. The gynae says, no, ask for another second opinion. It is your body. I went to a gynecologist a year before I got diagnosed. She only did a sonography for me. She did not bother to do a sonomammography. You know, they would have caught me at stage zero. So what is done is done. But I urge all women that if you feel like, you know, they're not taking you seriously. And a lot of times it happens. Uh, make sure you're taken seriously. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what can we men do? Like, because we have different roles, right? Husband, spouse. And you Correct. said that, you know, kids. So therefore, even as fathers, and sometimes you could be like a single parent or if both parents are there, then, you, you know, you can tell the mother to sort of look into this. So what do you, what do you feel that uh, like we, we men can uh, do about this to, to sort of help? So, you know, one of the things I definitely feel is that, uh, you know, how going to a gynecologist is such a, you know, you'll take a woman friend with you. It's like going to... Yeah, it's like buying sandpads or condoms or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, why? Mm. 
you know why are men not mm. present when you know maybe some women will not want you but why is this whole concept of anything gynecological most men are like oh i don't want to do you know oh my god i don't want to go there hello so maybe you, maybe you don't need like, to go into the examination room maybe you don't you need to don't go into the examination room uh, she and you pull, will pull the part down conversation most men are like oh i don't want to hear this oh i don't want to know that oh it's too much you know but and and like i said we are at the progressive end of the spectrum you know i mean india is a large country and we are we are very small and anyway the rest of the country is very different correct so i think that i think for men to say oh i don't want to hear it or oh i don't want to talk about it or oh, don't tell me that is and, and i must say the first uh, maybe Ten uh, pages. I was like, okay, like should I? And especially because I know you, yeah. and and we both know you, and 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 we are in close contact, even because of social distancing, we might not have met. You know, it's it's uh, it's not like you know fiction, but but then one sort of uh, got over it. Yeah. I think that's that's the thing. I think every, I mean, a lot of men will feel that like, oh, do I need to? But I think that's the thing men need to overcome. Mm. You know. just because it's gynecological doesn't mean that you yeah you can know it's great because mm. tomorrow mm. you might you know be the most supportive uh, you might be the caregiver you might be a support system whatever so you know it's not uh, yeah it's nothing to freak out about so i want to it's ask like you men used to be like oh i don't want to know yak yak and all are which one how periods <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yeah so yeah Okay, so now I want to ask you one uh, question, which, which I think is relevant uh, to our entrepreneurs, career folks, men, women, everything. That um, you know, when when uh, life dishes you lemons, so to speak, or you know, and and or you you've really been up shit creek. I mean, <laughs> all the all the cliches, but you were in a position where I'm sure you must have been like really scared, and and you had to put uh, your your career aside for some time and 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 you know and and you also at the stage where uh, you know you're you're like at the you know the thing where you're entering the peak like you know the leadership role and all of that so you're not like uh, this thing and and then suddenly you are you were uh, sort of handed this uh, double whammy so um what is your advice to people based on your personal experience that what can someone do when one has been you know in a situation like this um to sort of you know retain one's uh, sense of uh, balance and you know and are not given because you see the moment you give in and you've written about that the game is over yeah so i i don't know if i could sort of explain yeah. my question but uh, yeah uh so there are two parts to this actually one is that i'm lucky uh as as you know as somebody who's a co-founder i also have uh, partners you know and uh, but also understanding my partners, partners right i mean amazing partners male partners but amazing partners parag, parag yeah. was most yeah he was just like i think he was he was as distraught as you know my family mm. He, mm. You know, i mean he's like family so he's family you know and then dikshit for instance who was also equally thing but um but they just uh, kind of just came to me and they were like you know what at this point in time it's your health you know i mean flying cursor survives this doesn't survive this we do what you know you could do we can't do what you do 
all that will come later but at this point it's only your health if you're not there there's no flying cursor anyway you know wow. so let's wow. get you to the other side and i think they took on a lot of stress it must have been very very hard and i think i write about that in the book you did because you one did. fine day i just i'm out you know and i tried very hard i was like oh you know what even with this i'll be able to work two hours a day three hours a day but you can't i just couldn't i, I and and in the partnership mix you brought in something which was different from what you they brought in right because you brought in the you know the big brand uh, marketing uh, understanding and they were the digital brand so you guys Correct. sort of complement each other it's not that you're both doing the same thing so suddenly one drops off uh, you know so there's with yeah, your going then, there's a big chunk which goes out just as if parag for a moment if he was uh, you know on a break or whatever then there would be something which in the mix which goes out right you know like it's it's like a fast bowler and a batsman in the you know in the in the team completely Completely. I mean, I, you know, I always is. Uh, you know, people will be like, "Oh, congratulations, you made it!" To I was like, "Don't bother to congratulate me. These are the guys who like basically took me across the finish line, because they just. I think they grew up very fast in that one year. <laughs> they all were like, "Oh my God, now we've got to double, triple on this." But I think it was also a lot of them. Very, very stressful time for them because. Uh, it's hard you know one person just disappears and you're you're trying to do their role and your own oh. role but everybody was just amazing like all the people who work in my office they all were like okay you are gone but we are going to make sure that the show goes on you know oh, oh and, and i must say incredible. i think every and 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 i must and i must say at this point sorry uh, because in case i miss it later there after uh, kenas my wife read the book and uh, and and uh, one was of course what your work family did and and then about what anirban your husband did she said that after reading this book all husbands are going to hunt him and beat him up because he set such uh, i mean high standards for all of us so uh, anirban you're a wanted man huh? you better is like shave off your daddy so that people can't recognize you i mean people grow a daddy By all this, because everyone keeps saying, "But you were, you were no, just a joke." Jokes apart, I mean, jokes apart. I mean, I'm sure, like, <laughs> yes. No, it was. I, I don't think I would have got through without him. He just, he was like, uh, you know, I think yeah. everybody needs an anchor, and he was my anchor. Yeah, but what an anchor! I mean, I mean, it's it's like, yeah. you know. I mean, before that, he was like any of us, like a regular husband, I mean, yeah. who who made a great pasta with begun, <laughs> uh, you know, Sicilian pasta which we had, and of course, I mean, and a singer and stuff. But but but, but what you you spoke a bit about the external uh, environment, which is very important, the support uh, system, and I think that that will also tell um, us perhaps how to deal in such a situation. Uh, and what about internally? What what kept you going? Like like. What was the voice inside you saying? See, you know, I I asked Anirban at one point in time. I was like, Anirban, am I going to die? Okay, hmm. uh, because I've seen enough Hindi movies to know that the doctor calls <laughs> me inside, gives the patient outside, kalhona ho, and tells the patient, the the family ki to, ah, whatever. Okay, so I was like, has that happened? Has the doctor told you anything? Like, you better tell me the truth because if I'm going to die, I want to know. right mm. first i thought about it that do i want to know because i feel mm. like you know do you want to really know 
Hmm. But then I was like, no, I I want to know. I have things, hmm. you know. Hmm. I have credit card points that I want to use. <laughs> so I was like, I really want to know. So he said, no, you're not going to die. Okay. And I, I'm, I will not bullshit you. And I don't think your doctors are going to bullshit you either. So I believed him. Okay. Hmm. And then once I knew I'm not going to die, I just felt like this is a the most challenging time of my life. And I just have to get out of it. You know, hmm. I just <clears throat> have to keep on the price which is the day the treatment gets over. I'm not going to die. It's going to be hard. I'm related. There will be terrible time, mentally, physically, emotionally, all that. But there will be a time when it will be done. And that is all I need to think about. So I was literally like a prisoner. Every day I would be like, okay, now so many days. Now so many days. Okay, so many days left. So that is really hard. I, I think I just, I didn't think about anything else. I just thought that I have to get to that point when I'm done. When the treatment is over and the doctor tells me I have to go. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask you a slightly um, uncomfortable question to ask. Once I got it, uh, I, what to cook is a very important question. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pause, I'll pause, I'll pause. Yes, yes. And then, Okay, now Sharmishta's uh, cook has asked her uncomfortable questions such as like, she said, make bombil and she said, there are no bombils, there's quids. Uh, okay, here's a question I want to ask and I was wondering whether I should ask or not. But, uh, you know, cancer is a bit like a ticking bomb, right? I mean, there could be a relapse or, or something like that. Of course, one would never wish that. So um, how do you deal with that aspect? Not very well. I'm glad you asked this question because, uh, you know, I think for all the people who are term cancer survivors and, you know, oh, mm. you got through it and stuff yeah, like that. There's nothing to congratulate you. Yeah, it's, it's you know, uh, you know, no doctor ever tells you congratulations, you're not cancer. Never. You know, they say mm. no evidence of disease mm. uh, because, you know, it's one of those things. So you don't know. It's again, mm. luck of the draw. Um, so how do you live with it? I think uh, when my treatment was getting over, I was just, it was playing on my head all the time. You know, it was just like, I was just like, how can they be sure I'm okay? I'm, am I cured? Is it done? How do they know? You know, it was just, um, I think I wrote about it also that I was just, I just mentally crashed. I just could not handle it at all. But then slowly with time, you, you, you just get better. You don't think about it all the time. You think about mm. it. Like now I have my six monthly test um, on Thursday and I'm thinking about it all the time. Mm. Not all the time, mm. but you know, it's there at the back of my mm. head. I know the day I have my test, I'm going to be shit scared. You know, mm. Mm. I have a friend who's going to have uh, uh, been uh, recovered 10 years back. And he just sent me a message the other day saying, Finally, I feel like, you know, I can let go of my cancer survivor identity and they tell me 10 years is a big milestone. Wow. So maybe I can relax a bit, you know, so, and I was like, you should, you know, so I think, <laughs> I don't think it ever gets easy. Hmm. I think maybe you, sometimes you think less about it. Sometimes it comes back, but you just live with it. Hmm. Which um, I guess, I mean, uh... I mean, there might be so many people who might be dealing with certain inner devils, which which could be uh, different. 
but i think that uh, like you said because there's nothing which you can really do so uh, about that so like you said you deal with it and and move on because that's that's what uh, you you are under control of okay so i've got exactly 2 minutes shomeshan probably i don't but uh, just um, for the benefits of people who are in food business home chefs and things like that any like you know words of advice from you in terms of how they can uh, you know um, strengthen their business and brand uh, especially for people who are solo operators and who might not be able to get advice from you know agencies and stuff like that on, on yeah. branding so i'm not going to give advice on entrepreneurship because i think i already spoke about that but the one thing i will say and i think you brought it up at some point about you know uh, writing the book and are there any lessons from there that onto people you know about uh, entrepreneurship or you know starting their own thing and home chef i think there's just one thing i think and you know you also voiced it which is that it's authenticity and honesty i think that to me is the most important thing you know so uh, i remember when i did home chefies with you which was so much fun and i got to see so many kinds of home chefs and i'm just incredibly amazed at how they do this and all the kind of stuff that they're doing is just brilliant but and, and the winner in your category was that young girl reni reni excel exactly so i yeah. think the ones that really stand out and i think the ones that you know go on to make a brand for themselves are the ones that are true to what they believe in you know the mm. minute you start going by what will the market like what will mm. that traffic like okay shall i just adjust like this you're gone you know you cannot please everyone mm. so the best thing to do is please those who are aligned to what you do best and mm. that you know so if there is a certain thing that you really believe in or if there's a certain you know area that you really want to own then own that don't worry if oh there not too many people owning it or i don't know if this is a trend or not eventually if that's what you are good at and that's what you love it will pay off in some way or the other and and that's some so of the so i think you... that and and some of the you know the the brands which we really admire and some which you worked with do that right like for example mahindra someone you worked with a lot uh, the mahindra group uh, i mean uh, there's certain clear there's a lot to learn from that so great i mean that was fabulous right. uh, shormishtan and you know authenticity she's not talking just about the taste because you know we had two dhansaks in a uh, spate of 7 days which tasted completely different from each other <laughs> so so uh, well uh, that's uh, shormishtan mukherjee the girl uh, whom cancer picked rock cancer you picked the girl wrong girl and uh, you know this is a book so uh, you can order it online you might find it in some bookshops um you know please read it to i think understand uh, more about um, cancer and breast cancer and uh, sort of um, you know uh, to help others in a situation like that and uh, well uh, that's that's it and her page is agent green glass and 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 if you read something and something which has touched to inspire you i think please reach out to her because i think it helps um, you know her perspective as well and it's a very very honest book so thank you for writing this shormisha i i again wish that this was not the book you had to write but uh, you know as dr tatiana had said that you know there are chosen people and and people are chosen because they have it in them to take on uh, you know that so so 
very proud of you, Jamesh, uh, and and uh, really uh, happy to have you in our lives. And and Loaf and Impy say a big hi to uh, Tuga, your cat, and we all miss uh, Milo. Uh, your dog. Uh, thanks, Kalyan. I mean. I thank you for having me. Of course, thank you for speaking about this. Like I said, a guy wanting to speak about this thrills yeah. me no end. I'm I keep telling men that come on, you know, ha, let's have this conversation. Let's not think it's only a woman's conversation. But you are quite amazing that way. <laughs> so thank you so much. And more than anything else, I think thank you for being such a wonderful support at that point. You know, used to write to me, used to pray for me. I remember the first time I could eat out after my chemo was with you. Do you remember? Yes, yes, yes at La Folie. Actually, La with Chef Hemal had made the pasta. And, and I'll the... never forget what they did. They uh, fed us, they fed me because they knew that it was my, you know, first meal after meal my chemo, which I could eat out and I was craving for pasta. And they refused to, this gave me this lovely bill and at the end it said zero. And they said, we're just so honored that you came here. They, they've never done that to me. And I don't expect that. Because I tweeted saying that, you know, I'm craving pasta. I'm allowed to go out finally and eat. And where should I go? And then Kalyan recommended La Poli. <laughs> he even came. And then all this happened. So you've been a very, um, you've been an important part of that journey and my life. So thank you so much. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and, and just... Kainas and I are so happy for for you, and uh, and and again, uh, Anirban Bhagav, like, you know, we kotha <laughs> Take care, keep smiling. Okay, bye. bye, and all bye. the best for your test. Thank you. Bye.